It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, this is Sunday night, and, um, um, November the, what, 27th, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and we're working on salvation. This is part of splitting hairs, Brian. Okay, this recorder is so nice. It's so much easier than the other one. You just turn it on, hit record, and then hit stop. Oh, I mean... How about listening? Is it just as easy or easier? Uh, I guess it is. I just don't have to worry about mics and all that stuff and... Just this one, you're going to love it. It's good. So, okay. So we were talking about salvation and trying to define it. Um, in terms of being born again, because they're not the same. And um, so we wanted to start in Philippians, because this is the place where um, Paul talks about it. And makes a statement here that um, has been so misinterpreted and misunderstood. So go to Philippians chapter 2. This is old ground, but we need to do it again here. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God to the Fa- God the Father. Therefore, my brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, um, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So that that word works. It's just um it's just a deadly word to our faith because um, it implies that we um, have to do something in order to get something. Do something to get something. And, um, and then if you're doing something to get something, your faith is in what you're doing, not in the one that's giving you um, the gift. Okay, So it, it didn't work with the law. It didn't work... And it hasn't worked since then in the church because we keep putting ourselves back under the law. Do something to get something. And that's not what salvation um, is about. Um, Not in any way, shape, or form. We're not created to do good works. We're created unto good works. um, Which is different. In Ephesians 2, it says that we are created unto good works, meaning that we live our lives 
like a vessel for God to use for good works. We don't do the works. Jesus didn't do any of the works either. He said, the works I do, my Father does. The Father does the works. I just show up. Whatever I say, he tells me to say. Whatever work gets done, he does it through me. He says, I don't do the works. My Father does the works. So then what does it mean to work out your salvation? Um, First of all, you have to understand, again, let's go back over what salvation means. Um, In the Hebrew, the word is Yeshua. And in the Greek, it's Soteria. The root is Shua in the Hebrew and Sozo in in the Greek. But it means the same thing. Delivered, defended, protected, victorious, avenged, prospered, healed, and having complete well-being. Everything set at one, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's salvation. And that's the will of God. But this is the point. It's already done. It's already done. So what does it mean then to work it out? It's stored up for us in heavenly places so that it cannot be corrupted. But we are to live out of the heavenly treasure stored into the material. So we have to be able to draw it out. Um, the word work out literally in the, in the Greek, katergadzomai, it's a little phrase. But it literally means to accomplish, to fashion, to cause to happen, to cause to be. Okay, it doesn't mean literally do good works. You're causing something to happen, causing something to work out, something to become. It's not in the material, but it should become in the material. And um, so to that end, we've been equipped, we've been armed, we've been given everything that we can possibly need. In the new birth, everything in us um, became new. We were recreated Back in the image and the likeness of God. We're no longer perverted. The mechanisms that are in us are, are capable now of functioning the way God wants them to function. Um, the, the struggle we have now is the flesh. It's in the way. Otherwise, it wouldn't even be an issue about working out our salvation. It would just flow. But we have this flesh that gets in the way. And we have to kind of get around that. And... Um, so we have to use the spiritual things that we know about and and um and stand in the in the spirit in order to get the spirit to come forth into the material. It's just that simple. So we have everything we need. First of all, we've got his word, the promises in his word. Every promise in this book is an amen. It's a yes. Because God said it. He wouldn't have promised it if he didn't mean it. And Tell me real quick, the cute little dark-haired lady that comes. My mind is totally blank. Karen. 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 Yes, I miss. Karen. Tell her I'm missing her tonight. Um, I thought about her when we were hitting this. She didn't think she was coming. I don't know why. So. Yeah. I I thought about her. Um, yeah. Schrader. Karen Schrader. She's a sweetheart. I think she got upset last week because uh, we were talking about sometimes God says no, and. And I was trying to explain to her, it's not really scriptural, but, um, you know, I think it might have hurt her feelings. I'm worried, so if you see her, just tell her. Uh, If, you know, I wouldn't have hurt her feelings for anything. To remember, because if you ever watch the sound of music, 
frustrator. There you go. <laughs> Before the Von Trapp family said. That's exactly right. Very good. Frustrator. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, tell her, you know, I wouldn't have done anything to hurt her feelings if that's what happened. I thought I, you handled it. I tried my best to do it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anyway, if she got her feelings hurt, tell her I'm so um, okay. <laughs> I wasn't here, so I don't yeah. know Yeah. I'll convey the message. Yeah. So we have every promise in His Word, and it's a resounding yes. They all are. Um, the gap between the resounding yes in the spirit realm and it manifesting in the material—that's the issue, and that's where the work comes. It's it's it, it has to do with overcoming your flesh, you know, in order for the the blessings to flow. From the spirit to the to the material. Well, so the key is yes to the promises, not mm-hmm. yes to just anything you ask. That's right. That's exactly right, Tina. It's yes to the promises. Exactly right. But you can ask a miss, and he can mm-hmm. say yes. no. That's right. That's you know, or just or not hear it. He just doesn't respond to something that doesn't line up with his word. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just glad when he said no. Yeah. Sometimes it's good when he says no. Right? For your own good. Yeah. Yeah. He's not required to hear it or respond. His his promises are always a yes. Yeah. He honors his promises. Yeah. You can ask something that's not within the promise. Yeah. And twist the and then you're not going to get a yes. Yeah, he, he's just not required to hear that. He doesn't hear that. He doesn't hear it. So it's not really a response. It's not as a no as much as it is a, I, I'm not held to that. I don't hear that. I hear your, you know, yeah. Right, right. He's not bound by that. He's bound by his word. And in Jeremiah it says, I hasten my word. I'm alert over it. I watch for it. I listen for it. To perform it, but he he isn't bound to um, to listen to or watch over. Nor does he listen to or watch over uh, anything outside of that. That's not his will. So I mean, I guess you could say he says no, but actually, just it's a non-answer because it's a non-prayer. He doesn't hear it. Right there, you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to. And and when you start that argument of sometimes he says no, you you get over into not not people around this table. That's not what I'm talking about. But but weak people who, who are barely learning, um, it it robs them of faith because you never know whether God's going to say yes or no or not. You know. So how can you ever pray anything in faith, believing because you don't have anything to stand on? You know. If you're never sure when he's going to say yes or no, you don't have a you don't have anything to stand on. But if you lock down on the promises, you, you, you can stand all day. And he says that in Isaiah. He said, you plead your case before me. You argue your case before me. You lay it out like a lawyer. So you take his promises and you lay it out with the promises. Not for him, but for you. Because that's what builds your faith. That's where you stand. You know. So we have his word and we have his promises. The next thing we have is the authority to use his name and to access all that's in his name. So we, we have the authority in his name because we can use it, you know, like stop in the name of the law. We can say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. There's an authority there. But there's also 
um, an access to everything in his name. So it's like power of attorney and use of it as an authority. So we have both in his name. Um, in um, Mark 16, he says, well, let's go to Mark 16, because this is, this is basically it. This is what we have to work out. Mark 16. Yeah, you I mean, it kind of goes with, um, with John 14, where he says, you know, the things I do, you will do also. So go to Mark 16. And greater things, right, that pressure is on. So that you see you have the authority to use his name. Um, In John we find out we have power of attorney over everything in his name. Defense, deliverance, protection. You know, we can write the check on any of that. Because it's in his name and he's already done it for us. So it's a matter of laying hold of it by faith and then speaking it, declaring it, standing on it, praising for it, believing until it shows up. You know, that's our job. But we also have the authority that's in that name. So um, look at verse um, 15. Because this is really, this is a picture of working out your salvation. (laughs) And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. So here you are in the authority of his name. Shall you cast out devils? You will speak with new tongues. You will take up servants. Serpents. Now that, that take up servants, the word take up there is um, the word aero, which it's actually the same word in um, John 15 where he says, um, uh, you know, if any branches um, are, are um, not producing fruit, then we'll cut them off. But it's literally aero, we'll lift them up. I'll lift them up and put them back on the trellis. Clean them off, lift them up, put them back on the trellis. It's the word aro. So when it talks here about serpents, it doesn't literally mean snakes, but it's it's the word um, office, which means sly or cunning and malicious beings. So it's the demonic. So you are able to, in the authority of Jesus' name, to lift up those demonic beings off of somebody to loose people from them and to put those creatures away so that, you know, they can't touch anybody. So it's not really playing with snakes. Some folks have gotten way in a ditch with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they drink any... <laughs> no kidding. Well, he did Paul, but... Yeah, he wasn't playing with the sucker, <laughs> that's for sure. Scripture. Let me tell you a funny story about that. Yeah. No, finish the scripture. Oh, okay. Um... They shall drink any deadly thing, and it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Okay, so um, that's what they did. They went forth and preached and taught. And when they were doing those things, they are literally working out salvation. They are bringing deliverance, protection, victory, all that to to the lives of people, prosperity, healing, um, all those things are coming to people. That's working out salvation is what it is, literally. That's a picture of it. Tell us your story, Jordine. <laughs> well, it was really kind of cute. I had gone to um, California, and a friend of mine um, was traveling with me, and this guy, and it, <laughs> i got to tell you the whole story. So going out on the border. 
so everybody understands. Um, I had a girlfriend that was supposed to go, and she backed out. So I had a really good Christian brother uh -huh. that I spent a lot of time with, and I, he was he was going to take one of the rooms, and my mom and I were going to take the other rooms. And anyway, my mom ended up staying with somebody because she snored so bad we couldn't stand it. <laughs> so, so we spent a lot of time together because my mother was with these other people. But anyway, um, so we went to church on Sunday morning, and. Um, it was very Pentecostal church. Oh, wow. You know, he, yeah. he recognized the name of it, and he said, I don't know. He said, no, this is, this is, this is one of those really seriously Pentecostal churches. He said, I, I, I'm not even sure they might be snake handlers. Uh-oh. And I said, well, we're sitting in the back. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Smart move. Smart. Yeah. So we went in, and we did. We sat close to the back, and he said... Oh, and by the way, if you're traveling with me, you have to be married to me. I mean, this was how strict this oh. was, you know. So he introduced, he said, keep your hands down and don't, you know, forget that there's a ring. And, and just, if I introduce you, you're, this is my wife, Jordine. And I thought, oh gosh, this is weird. Here we go, well, yeah. In there, yeah. He, well, you'd be lying in church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going to try to do it, but he said, if I have to do it. Then we will, right. Because they'll throw us out. Right. Anyway, because we were probably, I should have sat on the other side. I don't know. But anyway, the funny thing was, okay, so we mentioned snake handlers, so I was really worried. I mean, I thought, I would have well, been you know, too. I think we should find another church to go to. Yeah. And he said, oh, come on in. We'll sit back. We can always leave if it gets hairy. So we're sitting down, and somebody came back and greeted us, and he didn't introduce me at all. They, they just said, happy to see you here. This guy's looking around, and he said, I can't seem to find my Bible. And he's looking in a couple of pews, and finally he scarfs it up, and he said, Well, goodness gracious, here, if it, here it is. If it had been a snake, it would have bit me. <laughs> <laughs> and, going, and you're on the back oh, pew, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's as close as I'd want to get, right there. If it had been a snake, there you go. Meet you and me. I was so scared that, you know. <laughs> Somebody was going to do it. Of all the things for him to say. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Where are they? Get me out. Yeah, I would have been right there with you. That's about the last thing on my list of favorite things. Woo. I'm telling you, I do too. Really with a passion. No, you don't mind snakes. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, I wish I had a better attitude, but I don't. There's God's creatures. Yeah, they are. But I don't kill them. I just don't like them. Oh, if I had to, I could kill them in heartbeat. I don't like anything that has more than four legs or less than two. There you go. That's my criteria. There you go. I just get to go on a rake, scoop it up, take it over. Oh. They come back. Ooh. They wiggle. They do. Yeah, and I don't feel like I have any control over them. You know, some things you can know a bug is going to walk, so you can walk around or whatever. But snakes, you just don't know. You just don't know. Naked the Those things are called snakes. That's right. That is exactly right. Oh, my. Well, thank goodness we have authority over them. That's what I'm saying. Hallelujah. So, okay, so we have that authority, and we also have everything in his name. Then we have the fullness of that power in our clay vessels. Um, in Second Corinthians, we have that fullness. Um, let's just go back and kind of read that. On account of 
it's really a good reminder. So, 2 Corinthians 4, and then we're going to go to Ephesians. On the way to Ephesians. Okay. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So now go to Ephesians chapter 3. I think I'm going to read this out amplified. Ephesians chapter 3. So after First and Second Corinthians, then you have girls, Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians. And we're going to go to chapter 3. Start with verse 14. Okay, for this reason, I'm in the Amplified now. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that the Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man. So that comes out of the spirit realm as well. This supernatural power, okay, in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. And may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. That you may have the power, and that's dunamis, and be strong to apprehend, to grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it? That you may really come to know practically, through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled with and flooded with God himself. And now to him who, by and in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, okay, his power that is at work within us, he is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. And that word dreams could also be imaginations. To him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. We, we have that power in us, the fullness of God in us that is able to do infinitely beyond our highest hopes and dreams and prayers, imaginations. Anything that you and I can even imagine, he can do 
far, far beyond that. So when, when we're talking about worth, we're just talking about being that vessel through which that full measure of the divine presence can be displayed so that he is doing that work within us and he's able to display it through us to the world, his grace and his kindness and his love and his compassion. Um, so we're, we're that conduit. We're that vessel through whom, I mean, the infinite power of God is resident in us, is able to do. So we need to be open for that to happen. And then, with that power in us, of course, we have the ability to create and plant and procure and build. Um, Go to Romans chapter 1. Just a real quick phrase here. Okay? So we have that ability in ourselves to... um, Use our words to use the word of God, use our faith to exercise it and to build and plant, procure, create all those things that God has created us to be able to do. Also, root out, tear down and destroy, which are good things sometimes because you want to root out the lies. You want to tear down and destroy the strongholds of the enemy. So sometimes it's a good You know, it's good to have that power to be able to root out and tear down and destroy as well as build, plant, procure, and operate in the Word of God. So we have that capacity to do it. And this is what I love. This is, it's talking about the Word of God, the Gospel. But the Gospel was even preached to Abraham. I mean, you know, God talks about Abraham receiving the Gospel, the children of Israel in the desert didn't receive the gospel because it wasn't mixed with faith. Abraham received the gospel because it was mixed with faith. It's the word of God, okay? So Paul says it like this. Look at verse 15. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. The word at work. At work. The power of God at work. To salvation. Yay. And that's exactly it. It's a much better translation than mine. It's the power of God unto salvation. That's Romans chapter 1, verse 16, 15, 16, and 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. But the, but the word of God, you know, the promise of Christ, but, but everything in the Bible is about Jesus, points to Jesus, is the power of God unto salvation. So with that word in your mouth, you have the power of God unto salvation, unto defense, deliverance, protection, all those things that that word salvation means. And then we have the capacity in our Reformed spirit to exercise even a grain of faith, just a mustard seed of faith and move a mountain. You know, we have the capacity to do that. Um, so um, those are, that's the importance of what we have just in us, okay, that Jesus has provided for us. So then next, um, 
we have a calling. And it hasn't changed. If we're in Christ Jesus and he is the second Adam, then we're in the second Adam. We were in the first Adam in his loins when he ate from that tree. All flesh fell at that point, right? So now we are in Christ Jesus, the second Adam, and the calling on mankind has not changed. Go back to Genesis 1. Okay, look at 28. Verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said to them, and that's all mankind now, Genesis 1, 28. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So, God put this call on man to tend the garden, to dress the garden, to keep it, to, to um, be fruitful and multiply, to replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it, to rule over it. Nothing has changed. That call is still on mankind. It's still on us. We lost the capacity to do anything about it, and we lost the dominion and the authority um, gave it over to Satan, but Jesus got that back for us. All, all authority's been given unto me. You go, right? So we have that authority. In Jesus Christ, we're seated together in heavenly places. We have that authority, and now we go. So we want to be fruitful. Two kinds of fruit. We want to bear um, physical fruit. You know, in what we do, we want to prosper in what we do. But we also want to bear that low-hanging fruit, love, joy, peace, patience. All that fruit that is for the blessing of other people. We bear the fruit like a tree bears the fruit. Are you guys getting chilly? Mm -hmm. I am too. Shut that door and see if it'll keep the cold air off our feet. Yeah. Pretty low. It's okay. 62. Yeah, my, I'm starting to feel it too. It's creeping up my ankles. Yeah. I forget. I always forget to turn it back. Yeah. So it Bill's good so about can that. Can you review that again? Just say that again. Sure. Okay, there are two kinds of fruit. First is that we're prospering in what we set our hands to in the kingdom of God. And that's a fruit bearing in itself. Okay? That. When you, um, yeah, you know, when you when you speak the word, you should bear fruit with what you speak. Jesus says, um, you know, out of the mouth of a good man, he brings forth good things that make a tree good or make the tree corrupt. Okay, so we bear fruit in our in our creative ability. What we do creatively, we bear fruit. But you also bear a spiritual fruit that. You know, like every other tree, it's for um, consumption of everybody else. The tree doesn't eat its own fruit. Um, other people eat the fruit and enjoy it. 
So these, these qualities that should show up in our spirit person, this love, joy, peace, patience, they should be a draw for other people to come, wanting some of that fruit in their own lives. You know, So we need to be fruit bearers on two accounts. We need to plant seed so that when I make the tree good and it's fruit good. And then he says, because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So when you speak, you're going to produce things. You're planting seed everywhere. So you want to, you want to produce good crops, good fruit. You want to bring forth good stuff. You don't want to bring forth junk. Okay, you want to replenish the earth, okay? And if you notice, the earth is running downhill really fast. I mean, you know, we have to continually replenish the goodness of God in the earth. We have to continually do that. Sowing seed continually, um, bearing fruit continually. Um, we have to be um, replenishing whatever is gone. And um, we do that by sowing love, joy, peace, patience, all that fruit. And then with our words, we need to be prolifically sowing the word into our palms. We need to be praying. We need to be standing. All those things to replenish what the enemy has tried to take away and what time has eroded. Because time erodes stuff too. Because if you don't, if you don't replenish, it's going downhill. It just will. It's never going to multiply on its own. You've never seen a farm without a farmer that did anything but run downhill. See, and we're called to be farmers. That's what Adam was. He was a farmer. God says, I'm putting you in the garden. You tend it. You keep it. You know, you do the work. Bring forth good crops. Replenish what you eat. Keep it going. We're still farming. We're still farming. Um, and um, so we have to continually replenish. Then we have to subdue it and take dominion over it. That comes when you and I begin to understand who we are in Christ Jesus. And we begin to stand up and use the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Things in the earth and under, you know, above the earth, in the earth, and under the earth. And we need to take that authority. Go to Ephesians 1. And I'll tell you this, if we don't take dominion, the devil will. Wherever we're not taking authority, the devil will. And wherever we are not subduing and um, declaring by authority of Jesus everything according to his plan and order, if we're not doing that, the enemy is. We have an enemy. And he may not even know it. I mean, people who are just People who are not saved, people who are in the dark, dark people who are not born again, who don't know the gospel, who don't know the word, um, are taken right now. I mean, look at this country. They're just slowly eating it like a boa constrictor wrapping around it, you know, swallowing us because we as Christians have not stood up and taken our authority and our dominion like we should have. You know, we've been quiet all this time, but we've had the power and authority and dominion to do that. And we need to start standing up and doing it again. But um, 
we have power and dominion in the entire earth. That's where we are. We have dominion over it. All right, look at Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> Start with verse 16. <clears throat> the eyes understood there. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And we need that. We need to know who we are. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Well, guess what? We're seated together with him in heavenly places. That's in the very next chapter. Verse 6, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. We need to know that. Number 21, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. So we're seated in heavenly places and our dominion is above and over. All principalities, all powers, all mights, all dominions, and every name that is named. I, everything in this earth. Pneumonia at the top of that list, right? Mm-hmm. We have the authority and the dominion over those things. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that fills all in all. So we need to understand that we have that dominion and we better take that dominion. And then when you've got the dominion and authority, then you better tend and keep the garden and bring in the harvest. Jesus says in, um, um, in John 4, he says the fields are white to harvest. You know, you, you have to bring in the harvest. We have to do that. Um, you know, when it talks about um, replenishing the earth or being fruitful, either way, it, that also um, applies to bringing people to the new birth. You know, every one of us born again believers got it from somebody. We heard it from somebody. We got spiritual parents somewhere in this earth. Mine were Ron and Betty Markwood. But um, somewhere you've got a spiritual parent. Somebody that brought you to this new birth. And um, um, on the earth side. And um, so we need to be replenishing the kingdom. We need to be bringing in more people. And that's part of garden and tend in the garden too. The more people you get on your side, the less people you have against you in the garden, right? That's the way I look at it. So that's our job. And the call hasn't, you know, the call hasn't stopped. It's still going on. The the struggle that we have now is between our flesh and our spirit man. And the idea that we're doing something to get something. The idea that we're depending on our works rather than depending on, you know, what God did for us. And um, 
So we, we're restored. Everything that we need to do what we were called to do in the Garden of Eden has been restored to us. Yeah. Um, I love these homiletical notes. I just hit on this this kind of a note pool. And, and it's some of it's just brilliant. But I love this. So far as man from being the author of his own salvation or from procuring salvation for the sake of any work of his own, that not only was his first creation as a man the work of God, but his new spiritual creation is wholly the result of divine power. Man, in the marvelous mechanism of his body, and in his unique mental and spiritual endowment, is the noblest work of God. He is the Lord and high priest of nature. And as such, and has such dominion over it as to be able to, and listen to this because this is so cool. He is the Lord and high priest of nature. That's man. And, ha- and has such dominion over it as to be able to combine and utilize its forces. Now, in the material, we do that. We combine and use those forces. We use centripetal force, centrifugal force, gravity, when we're talking about airplanes flying in the sky. We talk about, you know, um, the laws of electricity. We talk about all those forces and powers that are in this physical realm. We got these big old windmills sitting on top of the mountains so we can use wind to make power, right? So we, we as just material human beings who still have dominion over nature are able to use those powers and forces of nature to accomplish things. But the creature of the new spiritual man in Christ Jesus is a far grander work and a more perfect and exalted specimen of God's divine handiwork. It is a nearer and more perfect image of the divine character and perfection. As the best work of the most gifted genius is a reflection of his loftiest powers, so the new spiritual creation is a fuller revelation of the infinite resources of the divine worker. So as a recreated spirit man, alive in the spirit, in the image and um, the likeness of God, we also have the capability of combining and utilizing forces and powers in the spirit realm to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. So we're real good about using the material, but you don't often, or at least I, I didn't, I don't often think about you know, living in that spirit kingdom. And we do, we operate in those things all the time. As spirit people, sometimes... It's like having a loaded gun and shooting your foot off because we don't know how to operate in the spirit realm with those forces. But, um, or now that it's Christmas, it would be appropriate to say, don't shoot your eye out, right? <laughs> but we, we have so done that because of the ignorance that we have about being in the spirit realm and being this magnificent, recreated being in the spirit realm. So we ought to be able to figure out how to use those forces and resources, you know, to our advantage and not to our disadvantage. And I don't know about you, but some things I just walk in all the time because it's habit. Well, habit's not necessarily a good thing because you don't think consciously about what you're doing. And I think conscious thinking is a part of that faith, you know, that act of faith, deliberately acting on faith. You know, and I think we get to the point where um, 
It's like, you know, the Lord showed me for so long with my knees. I mean, I was doing everything right. You know, I had all my scriptures. I had, you know, I had it all written out in my notebooks. I had the little three by five cards up everywhere all over the house. I was speaking the word over myself. and But, but just like this little struggle with faith, the Lord showed me. He said, yeah, but you are more confident in your doing than in my doing. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow. I was, because I was saying, Lord, I'm confessing, I'm doing everything I know how to do here. And he's going, yeah, but your confidence is in your doing, not in what I already did at the cross, is what he was saying to me. Mm-hmm. To yeah, that. now that's sneaky, isn't it? Yeah. I used to say that some people would get faith in their faith. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, faith in their faith. It's a great way to say that. And it's deadly. It's just deadly. Mm-hmm. So we need to have a conscious um thought process going on when we exercise the powers and the forces at, at our disposal in the spirit realm we need to consciously be aware of that um what we're doing so that it doesn't um end up just being works for work's sake um we are not saved by works but created unto good works you know yeah there there's a fine line there um yeah. Yes, you have to work within God's parameters and yes. to His promises mm-hmm. and His word. But I think here's where, when you develop that attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving, and constantly, constantly thank Him, thank you, Lord, for doing this. Thank you for who you are to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you right. for what you are doing. What you will continue to do. Thank you, yep. thank you, thank you. And you just put your focus. On what him, he did. The gratitude, the thanksgiving, it's all right. you, Lord. I'm putting it in your hands. Yeah. And I know what your will is according mm-hmm. to this scripture. Mm-hmm. That kind of keeps you out it does. of the works part of it. It does. You're doing what you're working out what you're supposed to do because you're progressing in your right. understanding. Right. Maturing in your right. application yeah. of his word. Mm-hmm. But, but the focus is on yeah. him, not on what you're right. actually doing. Right. And so we need to have that we need to have that conscious focus in what we're doing. In using the power and authority, the forces. Because there are spiritual forces and powers in you know that we can access, just like there are natural forces and powers that we can use for our own benefit. Um yeah, you know, it's really easy to get open to that. Because look how many ministries say, we're going to send you these cards, yeah. um, these bookmarks, and all these things that you can go over and over and over. And then, right. you know, for people that don't understand that fine line, yeah. they get over into that very easily. That's it. That's not the focus. It's not just re- recitation. Yeah, that is exactly right. Focusing on the Lord. Yeah, that's exactly right. Does anybody else freak out over Pastor Popoff and his miracle water? Oh my gosh. I missed that one. Pastor Popoff and his miracle water? I don't know how I've missed it. Oh, he should not even be. He was taken off the air for time and then he managed to get back. I go turn the TV off. I can't stand it. No, you shouldn't even partake of that that, twisting of the gospel. um, He has this miracle water that he'll send you and. 
It doesn't matter what your problem is, especially it seems to be monetary. Send him a little bit of oh. money. Uh -huh. It's miracle water in a vial. For and all then, you know, it's out of a pond in the backyard. Yeah. And, you know, he puts a little blessing on and it. And then these people And come then on. you'll get a yes to your... And here it is. You'll get a yes to your request. Okay. Yeah. Always, well, if they always open, open the mail the work. next day and get thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Oh my gosh, we just laugh and we saw that a couple of times. I, I we just looked at it. And how did I miss Popoff? I don't know he how we missed that. He was on television years ago, wasn't he? He was oh, on yeah. years ago and then he was booted off and then somehow I saw it here well, and there. Their commercial like a year now. ago. It's not. He's not on there with a program. Oh no, I saw a program like a year ago. Oh, did you? And, and I, I just see the commercials. That's enough one. for me. Oh, you know, and you know there are people that will buy into that because they don't know. Right. That's what that's what I was thinking when you were saying that they don't know. Then he has his Oh my! When you go back to Philippians, and it says, "Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." The next verse says, "For it is God which worketh in you, both uh, to will and to do of His good pleasure." Amen. And I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, there you go. Read that again for everybody. Because that's the verse right after work out your salvation. Yeah, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Praise the Lord. And I mean, that's right. sort of what yeah. we've been talking about. That's it's it. not what we do, it is no. what God does in us and through, and through us. us. That's exactly right. The job's not as hard as we make it out to be sometimes. You know, we... We, we keep wanting to do that great thing, whatever that one great thing is. And um, you can't do anything greater than what Jesus did at the cross. There's nothing, you know. So it's really cool when you can just relax into it. Not, not I don't mean get lazy, because you can't be lazy. You have to, you know, work on your faith. You have to feed on the Word. You have to grow. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. You know that. Um, that's where the fear and trembling comes in. That's right. Lest you miss it. Lest you miss it. You know. Yeah. So, but it's it's such a relief. Just like producing fruit. You can't be all those things. None of us can possibly even. You can't even do the love that God has. I mean, His love's just impossible for humanity. That perfect love. To do good. To, to passionately desire to do only good to the object of love. That means to everybody. Regardless of whether they accept or reject it, you just keep wanting to do good and loving them. Everything you do is to be in their presence and fellowship with them. Well, I can tell you, i got a list of people that I don't want to hang out with. Period. No matter what would happen, I don't want to hang out with them. So, I mean, you can't even produce that fruit. God has to produce that love in you. You can't, you can't gin it up. We can't gin up any of those qualities. You have to just dig in, put your roots deep in God, and then let Him produce that fruit in you. But you can ask Him. Yeah, you don't even, yeah, you just believe for it. Because, yeah, that's all you have to do. You can't do those things yourself. None of us have the power to do that. Um, so God produces the fruit in us. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not of us. Well, that makes yeah. sense, because I was just thinking of... My father uh, read the Bible all the time, yet 
Um, he, he never quoted it to anybody. Right. He never mm -mm. Uh, preached. Mm -hmm. But yet, I truly think that you said, you know, how they, you, people responded to him. That's right. Low-hanging fruit. Yes. And he I was a fruit producer. He ever found anybody that he said a, a, a nasty word to or right. couldn't been in their presence. Right. About and he's a better person than me by lunch. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure that but I just made. Yeah. Made when you said right. that, I kept thinking it. Or did you? Did you say that too? You know. Yeah. It was just like he didn't have to work at anything. Right. Mm -mm. He, he just was. He was that. Just was. He bore that low hanging fruit that just yeah. drew people, you know, and um, that's the best. That's the easiest way to do it. Because um, once you try to do too, it, too yeah, hard at, that's it. Being the, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. we work too hard at trying right. to be this. Yeah, uh, and that's part, that's part of the problem we have in the world with these arguments now about what we tolerate. You know how much yes. you know how much we're going to tolerate in in perverting so, things like yes. gay marriage yeah. and yeah. what have you. Yeah, they said, well, you're supposed to love everybody. And I'm going, mm, yeah, but um, I don't have to like. No, no, and and they're trying to gin up a worldly love. They're trying to gin up a worldly love. If God's love is produced in you, it's going to be different. Because Jesus was never easy on anybody. Right. I mean, he was tough on his disciples. He took them where they were. He loved them. But he always moved them to a better place. I mean, you know, one of your BFS, you just look at him and say, get behind me, Satan. You know, that's not a very nice thing to say to your BFF. But he said that to Peter, you know. And um, he chewed them out several times. Oh, you of little faith. What's wrong with you? I've been doing this all this time and you still don't get it. You know, um, he was not easy on them, nor was he easy on anybody else. Nicodemus came to see him. He said, Nicodemus, you got to be born again. You can't even get any of this till you're born again. And uh, the little woman at the well, he said, well, you know, get rid of that man you're living with and, you know, do something else. Little Zacchaeus, the, uh, the little guy hanging out in the tree, you know, he took him home and he said, Zacchaeus, you got to stop being a tax collector that's dishonest. So Zacchaeus had to give all the money back. And he never left anybody alone. That's God kind of love. But but when we're ginning this stuff up in our own flesh, it's death. It is deadly. It is deadly. Because tolerance becomes love and one thing becomes another and being kind means you don't say anything that would be offensive. Well, um, I don't think calling your pastors um, hypocrites and, you know, whitewashed tombs and... I don't think that was kind or beating the daylights out of the money changers in the temple. I don't think that was kind. You and I probably be asked to leave the church over that. But, um, you know, he wasn't particularly kind. the world. But he produced that low-hanging fruit of love. People came to him even when they were in the worst way. They came and he moved them to a better place. But that's a different kind of love than what the world does. So we can't we can't use the resources of the world from that standpoint we just can't do it um so we're um you know what i tell you what i'm going to stop a little earlier because we're going to start talking about the forces and resources in the spirit realm
Um, a lot of this is review, but then some of it may be a new way of looking at things too. So we're going to start looking at forces and resources necessary to work out our salvation. And we'll just start it next week. We'll just quit a little bit early rather than trying to touch the edge of it. But, you know, as long as we understand that we are equipped, that we are not left lacking anything, and that our job is still the same as it was in Adam's day, you know, to, to multiply, to replenish the earth with good, to um, bring in the harvest, tend the garden, keep the garden, um, take dominion and subdue it. We're not doing those things, but that's our call and nothing's changed. And that's where our salvation is. That's, you know, if we would do those things, salvation would flow all over the place. So we'll just stop here and pick up next week on that. Cannot believe we're at the end of November. OMG. It's like three and a half weeks till Christmas, and I'm going, oh. Yeah. Yes. Well, all right, here we go. Next week's the Christmas dinner. I know. We might not see you next week. You might. Yeah, you might be too tired to be here. No, no. Yeah. Not next week. Next no, we Ooh, Lord, we just cover that siren in the blood of Jesus right now. Father, I just ask for safety and protection around all of our emergency workers, everything involved. But, Lord, I just speak life in that situation where the enemy would mean for there to be killing and, and destruction. Lord, we just speak life and wholeness. Jesus, put the angels around all of that. I take authority over fear. You cannot have your way there. Um, love, joy, peace, a sound mind. Um, Lord, just let those things prevail. And uh, we just thank you for a victory. A testimony of life. Thank you, Father. Amen. <coughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.